Oh my god, these jeans are so fucking uncomfortable. Ha, let's go. <laughs> Everyone and welcome to another week of It's a Lot with Abby Chatfield. I'm Abby Chatfield with producer Elise. I feel like it's fun introducing Elise as well. How are we going, guys? I mean, as per hectic week, as per lots of me to talk about and bitch about. But something quite funny's happened that I wanted to tell Elise, and I was gonna tell her when I walked in, but I thought I'll wait until we're recording because it's funnier IRL. So. Obviously, I get you guys to write in to me and send recordings in of your nightmare fuels. And I think this is like a mini nightmare fuel of my own. If you have a nightmare fuel of your own, please email hello at itslawpodcast.com and make sure it's snappy. So I recently was talking to a guy. It's not like an ex-boyfriend. So it's not ex-boyfriend that I love. Don't worry. I feel like whenever I see my ex, everyone assumes it's him and just jumps. And I'm like, babe, guys, I have dated more than one person and they have all been shit. <laughs> so unless I say ex-boyfriend that I love, it's not him. Let's just assume that, all right? I have a lot of horrible ex-boyfriends. Lucky me. So this ex-boyfriend, he was really awful during our relationship. Same vibes as ex-boyfriend that I love. Didn't, like, talk to me very much. Like, I guess he did. Like, he, like, just wouldn't reply to me. Like, go missing for a few days and, like, you know, didn't treat me very well. Also cheated on me. But he also was like, yeah, he was just not a good boyfriend, I guess. Seems I have a type and that's why I'm in therapy. So I was on the phone to him the other day because we're trying to be friends. Like we're trying to be friendly, which is really fun. And he was talking about it like, oh yeah, like I've been thinking a lot like about us lately and like, okay, there's two fucked parts to this. He goes, the first fucked part, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to, ah! Okay, so he goes, I know, he's like, you know, like, I just know with you, like, you love me, like, you loved me more than, like, anyone has ever loved me or, like, will ever love me. He's like, you may always make me feel so loved and, you know, I'd, I'd like, just took that for granted and treated you like shit and blah, 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 blah. And he was like, you know, like, I know, <laughs> he goes, I know you would jump in front of a bus for me. I wouldn't. And I went, okay, again, like, yeah, at least like when we were seeing each other, like I I, th- I know you would have, I know you would have done that for me. Like you're the only girl that I know and I trust. Like you're the only girl that I've ever believed loved me. And like, you're the only, like, oh, fuck off. Like I don't believe in love unless it's with you. And then he said, so this is the person who didn't even like apply to text when we were dating, like would never take me out. Like just same shit as every other guy I've ever dated, just being shit and me just accepting it because like abandonment issues and like anxious attachment vibes. And then he goes, but, like, honestly, baby, like, like I would do the same for you. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You didn't fucking text me back when we were dating. Why the fuck? I literally said in the phone, I went, bitch. And he was like, what, baby? I'm being serious. I was like, first of all, first of all, I haven't seen you in, like, four years. Why the fuck are you calling me baby? Second of all, just because you're going through some weird enlightenment phase some weird fucking phase in your life where you're like, I'm realizing things. Like, I would jump in front of a bus for you, but you didn't reply to my text and you cheated on me five million times. I would love to know where the correlation is, bitch. I would love to know where the, I would love to know where the fuck, bitch, this joins up. And where you think, I would die for her. But the only thing I need to do to make her happy is text her back. Like, you don't have to jump in front of a bus for me. Like, I'm like I'm actually fine. Like, I don't need you to physically be put in harm's way. I don't need that for you to prove 
your love from many, many a year ago. What I do need and what I needed, not anymore, because I'm much better than you in every way. What I did need was a text back and not being cheated on. That's what I needed. I find it very bizarre to say to me now, I would have jumped in front of the bus. Like, I loved you. It's, I love that it scared me how much I loved you. Shut the fuck up. You know what scares me? The amount of girls you fucked me were dating. That scares me. Fuck me. It is what's, it scared me how, <laughs> how loved I felt when I was with you, baby. Like, you just, also, I was like fucking, like, I was so young. Like, you're a piece of shit really good in bed though but like still like I wouldn't jump in front of a bus for that dick like I wouldn't jump in front of a bus for you so don't say that don't tell me that I would do that also don't tell me that you would do that when if you had just texted me back like I was asking for a bare minimum shit and you couldn't even do that and now you're like but I would die for you no you wouldn't bitch bitch you know what I mean I just fucking hate it. anyway that's that's the story I want to tell Elise Elise how do you feel about that I feel like there's a common theme because I get to go through your nightmare fuel emails as well. So don't worry, no, people, they are being listened to. I'm listening to them and picking out the most cooked ones. Mm. But there is a common theme where once there is no risk of repercussion or shit partners will say whatever the fuck. So I can say I would have proposed to you because but there's no I don't need to follow through on that anymore I would have jumped in front of a bus for you because I don't need to prove that I would do that these are just words and there is no value behind them because I'm a garbage person like garbage person that was really beautiful from us that's true it's like a buffer it's like I don't have to prove either way because I know that if I say these really hyperbolic things like I would jump in front of a bus for you if we were dating I would go that's unwell. Let's get you into therapy, first of all. And second of all, how about you just reply to my text and like, let's go like to dinner together. That would be nice. How about you upload like, I don't know, like a photo to Instagram with me or something. Oh no, but I would jump in front of a bus for you. No, you wouldn't, nor do I want you to, bitch. Yeah, I know. I think it's, do you think it's like a narcissism thing where they like, they want to, they want to see a reaction as well, I think as well. They want to see you get all excited and giddy and be like, oh, baby, like, also because i'm a simp just if you guys aren't aware i'm a fucking simp like i know some of you are like how do you <laughs> someone dm me the other day and i sent to the group chat and the girls couldn't stand it i thought it was so funny someone was like hey babe i was and she did the right thing she's like i was dating this guy and like i found like texts in his phone from another girl like i thought what would abby what would abby do so i broke up with him and like left him and i'm like feeling so much better and i'm so proud of myself and i got dick with this other guy the night like this amazing story and i was like yes bitch and she's like so i was like you know you inspired me to do that and i sent it to my girlfriends and they were like you would fucking take that bitch back <laughs> everyone's like you're a simp they were like i wish the people knew my friends were like i wish they knew you're a fucking simp you're a pussy this is why you're in therapy <laughs> not be a simp so I'm like, when I'm saying this voice, where I'm like, baby, like I'm not putting, that's how I sound when I talk to men. <gasps> that's fucked. But at least you're aware that you do it. Maybe that's progress. That is progress, I guess. You know, and also the fact that I'm laughing about it on the podcast, but like I'm telling you two years ago, bitch. I mean, I told a man that I loved him after like two months on The Bachelor. Like that's quite unwell. That's not right in the head. And I still cry about him sometimes. That's going to be daily him. Oh my God. It's going to be daily him. That's fine. Give me free advertising for the podcast, Daily Mail. 
Thank you, Daily Mail. Yeah, that's anxious touch ass. Anyway, so I thought that was interesting. That was a funny little conversation that I had. It happens a lot with me. And people are like, oh, is it because, you know, you've been on TV and you're in the media? And I'm like, maybe, but I don't think so. I think this happens to everyone. Not everyone, but I think everyone that dates a narcissist or dates just shitty, all-around shitty guys that are, like, self-obsessed, they always come back and say something like this. And it's, like, to try and hook you back in to get your your attention but not to actually have you back. So I'm proud of myself. You know what? I'm making progress because I did, I did literally say, bitch, when this person said that to me. And I was crying of laughter. Thank you, Elise. I was... Could not breathe. Crying of laughter. I thought it was pure comedic value. I thought it was so funny because it was such a lie. Okay, so lately, obviously, what's been on everyone's favourite trash fire show, Married at First Sight. Again, I'm sorry, Channel 10. I love you. But sometimes Married at First Sight does it to them. I've been watching it less and less. Obviously, the peak season was with Martha. And Michael, is that his name? Oh my God, that's so rude of me. I love them. I got really nervous. I said it really confidently. Martha is goals. So this year, it's been especially bad. And I haven't really been watching because I don't really have time. And also, I see BF. And I feel like it's weird me watching reality shows now. Because A, I'm way too aware of the editing. And I get really anxious when someone's getting a bad edit. Because I get scared about we know their mental health and also to make it fun it's like in english in film and television you know like soundtracks and every time you watch a movie you listen to the soundtrack to see what emotion they're trying to create like it's just it's like that with reality tv so i don't watch anymore also i don't think it's as good as it used to be i just think it's shit and i think all they're doing is playing on like it's getting weirdly more and more like stereotypically like gaslighty and there's like obvious signs of emotional abuse happening and it seems to be getting ramped up for TV. Now, there are two things that have happened on the show throughout this season that I wrote in my notes. Again, haven't been watching. I'm sure there's a million more, but there were two major things that made me feel really sick and annoyed. The first one was a bit more lighthearted, but it was when the experts, quote unquote, I mean, I'm sure whatever, you know, who knows why they're called experts, but I mean, good on them for getting, getting that paycheck. So to Jason and Alana, We like Jason and Alana. Again, I've seen two episodes in total. The rest is via TikTok or Instagram. But Jason and Alana, they seem normal. They don't seem anything particularly good or bad about them. We like them. During their little session to the experts, Alana said, Jason makes her come every time they have sex. Alana, we love you. Maybe she's on the podcast because she sounds iconic. Love that for her. Great. But then... The experts, more specifically the sex lady, not sure what her name is, don't really need to find out. She says, oh, yeah, so he's a generous guy. Hmm. (laughs) No, I mean, good on you, Jason, for making Alana come, having the skill set to make her come. Really proud of you. I love you guys. I think good sex. But that's like base level. Like I have bad sex with people. And they make me come like three times and I think it's bad sex. I'm like, oh, there wasn't really like that spark there. So it's bad sex. Like making someone come, A, isn't really a marker of good sex. It makes it like okay sex, like it's baseline, but it's not amazing just because you come. Also, him being a generous guy implies two things. A, that he's going above and beyond by making Alana come and he is like God's gift. And a lot of men have this idea that if they make you come, they've done like charity work. They're like, like, 
I made you come, babe. Like, yeah, I make you come every single fucking time. For some reason, I mean, obviously we understand why, because I'm patriarchy, but also because of like how you get pregnant. But heterosex with two cis people tends to start and end with an erection in general, unfortunately. When sex is much more than that, sex is mutual masturbation. I'm having eye contact with the least right now while I'm saying this. Mutual masturbation. It's foreplay. It's oral. It's cunnilingus. It's fellatio. It's <laughs> it's using vibrators. It's everything, right? Like making, And that's a sex that I've had with my ex-partners. They may have been dickheads, but fuck, they were good at having sex and making sex an event and making foreplay and also aftercare a thing. But when I've had one night stands or set with guys that I know are like not great people, it's always been like the sex feels like not a chore. Yeah, a chore. A chore because it's like, oh, now you want me to come so you feel good about yourself and like you're going to come and then like, yeah, this I came, but like, uh, like, do I, like, did I really enjoy that? Did I get the hype up that I deserved? Did I get the foreplay I deserved? Did I, did we have any other fun? And also, the sex is only classified as sex if you come, you know. So, therefore, sometimes, more than sometimes, if I have a one night stand and I come and I don't particularly care about the person, I will say, okay, and then roll over and I'm done. Just to even the score a bit. Elise, there are going to be men's rights activists so mad about that. But newsflash, guys, regularly men will come and won't make us come and then go, all right, night, babe. So I now do it. Because, like, you've had good sex, right? You haven't come, but you've still had good sex, right? Anyway, so it implies he's generous. Also, it implies that he's, like, he's generous as in he's, like, taking something away from himself to make her come. You know what I mean? Like when you think of generosity, you think of someone like shouting dinner, therefore they are taking their money away from themselves to give to you. Or like they made you a meal being generous with their serving. They're taking something away from themselves. Right? The generous implies that making her come is a chore. And I'm not saying that Jason thinks this. I'm sure Jason is just really good at eating pussy or something. Like we love you, Jason. This is not about you, Dust. Don't get offended. But it's like the implication that, to make her come, he has to like go, oh God, to go through the thing when it should be in- an enjoyable experience. And the best sex that I've had is when you feel like the person's eating your pussy is enjoying it and you don't doesn't expect anything back. And that's why like when I have girl and girl experiences with the cis women that I have slept with, when there are two vaginas involved, there isn't like a start and end time. Like we just enjoy having sex with each other. And there have been cis men that I've slept with that have had that mindset. And that's the best sex that I've had. Anyway, I also think this is a really damaging idea to push onto the general public because maths already don't exactly have the most progressive audience, kind of like The Bachelor, particularly when the cast is like 85% straight cis white people. Like, it's not the most diverse cast in the world, particularly this year. Somehow they went backwards. And... They're like pushing this idea that he's a really good guy, he's generous, and that, you know, Alana is getting a plentiful amount of orgasms with one per every time they fuck. That's all I have to say. If you're having sex and your partner feels like they're being generous by making you come, no. This might seem contradictory to that time that I said that I don't want men that I don't want men happy by making them come. <laughs> but that's different. Cause it's me. <laughs> No, that's different because that's different because 
That's different because this is about like my like uncomfortability with men feeling like they like succeeded by fucking me. Ew. This is about like you should enjoy sex with your partner. No matter how many times they make you come, but they should make you come at least once. Okay, so another married at first sight issue that I'm having, the second one, the big one. So I'm sure you guys have seen this on Instagram because I haven't watched these episodes, but I have seen this on Instagram. There has been some concerning behaviour from a contestant, husband, whatever they're called, called Bryce. So Bryce is married to Melissa. And usually when things are quote-unquote concerning on maths, it's kind of like, oh, that person's a bit of a dick. The way Melissa's speaking is how I used to speak when I was in an emotionally abusive relationship and it fucking makes me feel sick to watch. Roll the clip, Elise. This probably isn't something that I've really ever talked about, but... I just have this intense fear of losing people. And I don't want to lose him. He's scared he's going to leave. Yeah. We haven't had a major blow up yet. But it's almost like I'm preparing myself for it to happen. I don't like confrontation or conflict. I don't want to voice how I actually feel. Because you've seen his conflict style with other people? That's a fear that I have as well. I don't want Bryce to get on the defence and go, well, I've had all this drama in the experiment. And he writes, leave. I'm already thinking the worst. Yeah, babe, because uh, Bryce has made you think the worst and because Bryce is very aggressive in his conflict. Now, obviously, I never want to bash people on reality TV shows because I got the worst edit in the world. However, because of that edit, I can tell what has been edited. Like, I can... No, I do think fully. I was about to say not, probably not fully. I do. I really do believe I can tell what's been edited. I can't tell what questions have been asked by producers, but I also... I can get a pretty good understanding of what questions have been asked being on three reality shows and also being involved in many other shows and having friends on too. Like I am pretty certain Bryce's character obviously is being amplified. Obviously no one is a full-time villain in real life except for Scott Morrison and Donald Trump. But I mean, it's still concerning. I think the major issue that I have as well with this is the title on the Instagram is Can Melissa Overcome Her Fear? So the onus, as it usually is with people who are being emotionally abused, is can they get over their irrational, crazy fear that this person's going to leave or there's going to be a big blow up. We've seen time and time again via TikTok because I haven't been watching, but Bryce blow up. There have been multiple news articles I've read about there being blow ups, about there being aggression, about there being major conflict. And there have been moments where Bryce has admitted to things that he shouldn't have done, such as I think he fucked a girl off Tinder two months before he went on the show which is fine, but another contestant pointed out, but we knew we were coming on two months before. Like, I knew I was on The Bachelor in January. We started filming in March. So you would have you would have known. He started seeing a girl on Tinder. 
I don't know what the timing is. I don't really care about that because I think you could fuck someone the day before we went in a show and because you don't know who you're marrying. I don't really think that's relevant. But he did lie about it. Then when confronted with it, was very aggressive. That's the issue that I have with this. It isn't the fact that he lied. I truly don't give a fuck. I truly don't give a fuck who he's fucking before or after filming. If he's single, who cares? I don't think that's very fair to be like, he knew he was going to come into the experiment. Guys, there were like two couples that are together out of like the 4,000 that have gone on there. It's for entertainment, except that. Like Bachelor, I think is a bit different. But because he has shown all of these different conflict styles that are very aggressive and he either deflects or he's aggressive, he doesn't actually resolve anything, Melissa is therefore scared. But for some reason, the owners put on to Melissa to overcome her fear. I also don't think that she should have been cast in the show because I don't think that she has the ability to emotionally handle a relationship with this person. And we all know they are matched purely for entertainment value. That is very blatantly obvious, not being revolutionary here. But also, no matter who she was matched with, I'm not sure that it would have turned out very well. Her self-esteem is obviously very low. She obviously has a very bad issue with anxious attachment. I'm saying this as someone who is very much like Melissa. Like, I'm not saying this and like, she is very insecure. I'm like, she is exhibiting things that I exhibited a few years ago. And A, no one can save her. B, that's it. No one can save her. So if she, even if she was with the best person in the world, like even if she was with, I don't know why this person's in my head, but Osha Ginsburg. <laughs> I just think Osha's the best. Osha and Audrey is so, is so lovely. But if you were like the nicest man ever who just supported you and was like great and your relationship was amazing, I still am not sure that can fully fix your insecurity issues and your anxious attachment. Yes, it can help you be mended, but I think you need to get therapy and have those things in your own, have that worth on your own. And furthermore, they haven't matched her with someone like that. They've matched her with Bryce, who was overbearing, who was aggressive, who was domineering, and who was conflict-driven. I don't like it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I think it literally looked like a therapy session with someone who was in an abusive relationship trying to speak up for herself. And then Bryce just not saying anything. And the experts were, were helping in that instance. They were like, so you feel like, because of his conflict style, then you can't speak up about things that you want to speak up about. Like you're walking on eggshells. That is like textbook abusive relationship is feeling like you're walking on eggshells. It's fucking sickening. I feel like Married at First Sight is glorifying it a little bit. And I feel like next year it's going to be the exact same. There are other things I have to say in Married at First Sight, but that's basically the main ones. And it just concerns me. Will I watch next year though? Yes. Would you mind just not going out with him again? Nightmare fuel. Nightmare fuel. Okay, let's do a nightmare fuel, guys. I'm obsessed with these. I think we'll do a whole episode of one soon. Hey, Abby, Amy here. Um, have I got a nightmare sex story for you? Um, it's literally one of the funniest stories that me and my friends like to laugh about on the reg because um, men are so dumb. And yeah, this one's quite a funny one. So I went out one night in Melbourne on a Tinder day, took him to my fave bar. It was great time. He was a bit shy, got a bit drunk, thought he might be a little bit less shy after a few beers. So I took him back to my place, was ready to get it on. And so we got into bed. He gave me some really awful hickeys, <laughs> as I realized the next day. Um, but during the act, he uh, went to do some uh, clit action. And for some reason, he starts licking his palm, which is... Oh, oh my God, another clacton. <laughs> he licks his palm. 
That's concerning. I just tried to act it out. That's concerning. Licking the palm. But you know what? Sometimes you think maybe they've got a new trick up their sleeve. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck are you going to do with that? Anyway, yeah, so he starts rubbing my clit with his palm. Like, what? (laughs) Like, what the fuck? I wonder if it was circular or if it was up and down. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like this thing. Rubbing. And I wonder if he had, like, if he goes to gym, he has calluses for sure. Like, you know how, like, some people get calluses and, like, they just fall off? Imagine, like, mid-claction, mid-palm-claction, clit action, for those of you following along, a callus gets ripped off by your clit. Although you wouldn't be very aroused, so your clit would be right in there. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Wasn't sure what he was trying to accomplish there, um, but it's been a really funny story since because I don't know what kind of porn he's ever watched or what girl trained him that, you know, he should use his palm instead of the most obvious thing that you do use, which is your fingers. It's called fingering (laughs) for a fucking reason. Yeah, anyway, funny story. This is like the confusion between blowjob and... But it's the opposite because, like, blowjob, like, you think blow, right? And, like, obviously you learn that when you're, like, when you're a teenager, you learn it's not actually blowing. Because I thought it was literally blowing until I was like, yeah, guys, who didn't? Who didn't think it was actually blowing? Like, come on. But why is it called a blowjob, first of all? Stop gaslighting us. Stop gaslighting us. It isn't blowing. It's sucking. Maybe that's what is the antithesis. Anyway, the palm, the palm. It deeply concerns me what porn he is watching. I also don't know. I would love some more information about if it was circular, if it was up and down, also how hard the pressure was, if he was just doing like a light circling. Because, no, it couldn't be hot. No, sorry, it couldn't. Someone that I used to sleep with used to do this thing that actually did feel really good. Maybe you guys should get people to try if you have a vulva. So, you know, like that, that like what's it called Star Trek? You have four, your four fingers up, obviously, and then you split them in half. So, you've got your pinky, your ring, your pointer, and your middle finger are all separate, right? In the middle. And then you, ha- you can put your clit in between that like slit. So like the two fingers, your pointer and your middle finger is on one labia and then the other two on the other labia. Then if you push in and just put pressure there for like quite a long time, that can be hot. Have you tried that? Pressure. And then like like literally just like sitting there and like having like the person you're sleeping with just like looking at you and being like, you're a whore or something. You know what I mean? Like being like, yuck. You know, like I know if everyone else is into that, but like, but like they're like, they're like pushing. So maybe he was trying to do that is what I'm saying, because that actually is something. But but see, it needs to be like, because what needs to happen is your inner labia need to kind of pop out a bit because I think what's happening, I think a doctor is the blood is rushing to it and it's kind of getting trapped and creating more and more blood i think it's making them like more full because whenever i've had it done to me i've been made to look in the mirror i don't know like fuck i miss having sex um <laughs> i would even take a palming right now like i would <laughs> it's like a window washing oh my god it is it's like that wipe off challenge wait wait wipe it wait <laughs> All right, so since we recorded this episode of the podcast, I may have been proved wrong. I was wrong. I admit it. My lord and saviour, Dan Savage, of Savage Lovecast fame, if you don't listen to him, please do. He's amazing. I was listening to his podcast and there was an ad for OMGS. Basically, there was research done into what vulva havers enjoy. Listen to his podcast if you want the full explanation. I'm not giving them any free press. (laughs) 
Bacon baby. I was into this. I texted Elise, producer Elise, a screen recording of this. We were wrong. Let me play for you what I heard from Dan Savage himself. Some people with vulvas find broad pressure on the clit gives bigger and softer pleasure, a palm pressing instead of a fingertip flicking. Okay, so here's the thing, Dan. Yes. Now, the other example that was given was a flat tongue rather than a pointy tongue, which is correct for me. That's I, I prefer a, a broad tongue. The palm thing, now, just because I need to learn, just because I don't like something doesn't mean everyone else doesn't like something. I do think the palm is a very niche thing. I did ask a group of 10 girls on the weekend about this. I said, have you ever had someone lick their palm and, and rub your vulva with their palm and they all said no they also they wouldn't enjoy it but who am i to say i think the best course of action here would have just been to say i don't like that i prefer this instead please use your tongue or your fingers the palm is concerning i do stand by him licking his palm in front of you is intimidating to say the the least a palm lick is almost like a lion licking his paws before eating but yeah, anyway, so try that out with people that you love or you're sleeping with. I mean, let me know how it goes. Guys, it's getting really dire for me over here with the lack of sex. I mean, ew, I don't even want to sleep with anyone. If you have anyone, no, don't. Don't set me up. <laughs> I think it's also that I don't want to date anyone, but I'm like, I just, you know what I would love? I would love to have a consistent fuck buddy that let me teach them, but was also a dom. That's what I want. So if you know of anyone, just try and no again i don't want your suggestions so thanks guys again rate and subscribe i kind of like saying it now um illy see you next week bye